0: Hello and welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I don't know why I'm talking like this. I rarely do. I'm always surprised by the weird way I talk. Uh, With me, this is Matt, by the way. I'm Matt. I host this thing. With me are my fantastical co-hosts, Liz Griffin Harper and Joe Bandicoot. Oh, Bandicoots are real. They are. I'm sorry. (laughs) For a second, I thought Bandicoots were fake. I apologize. They're not a mythical creature. Um, But I like Bandicoots. So yeah, Joe gets to be a Bandicoot. They're Um, very cute. Yeah, except for Crash Bandicoot, who's not.
1: Crash Bandicoot Uh. does not look like a bandicoot.
0: (laughs) Not even remotely. No. Oh, he's, he is not. No, he's, he's like the set animal. He doesn't look like anything.
1: Okay. Look, Um, I have to say this is a random aside because you just jogged my memory. I don't know what it is for. If you happen to be in the Western New York region or Buffalo and, and Rochester in particular, there is somebody who is a very big crash bandicoot super fan who has their Ford escape wrapped completely in crash bandicoot art i have driven by this person and behind this person many times in the last two months it is wild i never knew somebody could love a video game that much and it's like every version of crash bandicoot from all of the games plastered all over the vehicle like if by some miracle you're listening to this podcast you're awesome more power to you that's wild (laughs)
0: Okay. Um, Liz, since Joe got to have that that bandicoot-related exchange, do you have anything?
2: Mm, No.
0: Okay, cool. Then we'll move on to doing our jobs. Uh, We usually open the show with various uh, news and events, so we're going to do that now because, you know, it's a thing we like to do. Um, Right now, between today and tomorrow, a lot of stuff is happening in various Blizzard games. Um, If you go out five days pretty much there's a huge amount of winter-related celebrations going on. Um, But before we talk about those, right now, um, in World of Warcraft, the LFR Wing 4 for Amir is open as of today, as we're recording, which is the 12th. Um, If you are listening to us recorded, obviously it will not be the 12th anymore, but, you know, it'll still probably have opened within a week of when you hear this. And, yeah, that's cool. Uh, LFR is now opened faster than it has ever opened before.
3: Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
0: I think this whole thing took about, like, I want to say three weeks, maybe a month.
1: A month.
2: Um. Yeah, it was a month because they did have a two-week delay between Wing 3 and Wing 4. Yeah. But all the rest of them have come out weekly, and that's that's really great. It's great to have LFR open so quickly and yeah. be able to jump in here and see the story because there's a lot of story in Amir cell.
0: Yeah. And also for people who like to see the fights on LFR and then you can at least when you go to your your group, you can be like, well, you know, I've seen it in LFR and it's of course not going to be that easy. But, you know, hey, at least I know. kind of. What <laughs> well,
1: the, are. the jump from like LFR to normal isn't as pronounced like, mecha- like there's really not a whole lot of mechanical differences. So you get a rough idea of it. It's it's actually pretty usable as a training like ground for or at least a exposure ground for raiders if your guild is going to step foot in the normal for the first time Mm -hmm. it's actually really nice
0: it's also an interesting way to increase your chance to get tier. oh yeah Mm -hmm. because if you want to get your set bonus you can you can use the lfr pieces go ahead liz i'm sorry
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, the other thing is, gear from LFR is actually pretty decent. So, if you're trying to get ready to do normal, LFR is actually a viable way to do that. And that has not been the case in the past, because LFR opens so far after normal and heroic. You couldn't just jump into LFR to help you get ready for normal, because LFR wouldn't be open yet, or there would be one wing open with three bosses, and you can only do that so much and get gear. Uh, but now all of LFR is open. You can dive into that and get ready to jump into your normals or heroics with pretty decent gear. It actually turns LFR into a practical stepping stone to the next tiers of raiding, which makes a lot of sense. It makes so much sense that I don't know why we haven't done this before. I think it's I think this works great.
0: Yeah, I, I think I, we're all in agreement on that one. So, But yeah, that's happening this week. Also happening on the same Day um, in Diablo 4 And and if you're watching me play You can see that I was doing some of it earlier um, Midwinter Blight Which is Diablo 4's big Midwinter event uh, Started today, the 12th And it will be going until January I believe um, Liz, do you know exactly uh, yes, when?
2: it It's either January 2nd or 3rd So it ends in early January
0: Yeah, so it's basically looking at Three weeks of it Two to three weeks mm-hmm. Um, and and that's pretty cool. It's an interesting event so far. Um, it, it's very grindy. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. like going out and grinding stuff. I kind of do because it's Diablo and it just means murdering more stuff. And I'm, I'm totally down for that. But you have to go out and find the various mobs that drop uh, midwinter materials. And then you collect a whole bunch of those. And then you go to back to your town and you either turn them in for, for goodies. Or you can go to a table near the guy and you can trade them. And they will, he will give you a different resource and you can use that resource, uh, to, to buy stuff. Um, so yeah, it, it's interesting. Uh, I haven't gotten anything yet because I just started. Uh, but and I will point out this character is now level 14. I just rolled this character
2: oh, nice. today.
0: So we'd have a character on the seasonal realm because I haven't gotten to play as much Diablo as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But I want to see, well, let's see what I can do. I got to level 14, like in an hour and a half. Like it, it, it's faster now. Like I had said before, yeah. I didn't feel that much faster, but I, it does. It's faster now. Um, so I will say that. Go ahead, Liz.
2: I I think leveling in Diablo four feels really good this season. I, I, I think we both had the complaint previously that it felt like a grind, you know, you yeah. hit kind mm-hmm. of a point and it just comes to a grinding halt. I think it's been pretty good this season. And, uh, as you can tell, it takes, you know, you put an hour in, you can get five, ten levels. It's it's great. It feels like you're always making progress. You're always getting new stuff. That's what's so fun about Diablo, is going in, mm-hmm. murdering a bunch of stuff, and making all of your numbers go up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so we will now segue to Diablo 2's uh, 22 Nights of Terror, which is their... Kind of holiday celebration that's actually starting tomorrow oh, the 13th mm. uh which again as we record it, it tomorrow may no longer be tomorrow by the time you hear this but yeah that's i think they did that one last year is what you told me i didn't remember it from yeah. last year
2: last year last year was the first year we did midwinter blight uh and it's just uh, it's it's like a Nights random event year we did Night yeah. oh sorry i'm t- there are too many events starting at the same time. There are just, yep. it's too much. Um, it's, it's kind of a random event in, oh, I need to pull up the thing. <laughs> uh. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
3: Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
2: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online So last year was the first year we had the 22 nights of terror and basically every 24 hours there will be a new gameplay modifier that just, I mean, it's kind of like hitting the random button every day. There's going to be something new for the next 22 days of terror and uh, in in these specific terror zones. So it's it's it, it mixes up the game. So there's something new to do every time you log on for this midwinter i'm about to do it again 22 nights of terror it's like have 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 you noticed matt when writing about diablo that it's like i keep wanting to say diablo 2 season 4 instead of diablo 4 season 2 i make that mistake constantly
0: (laughs) One i make is like when you you brought up the other day that it was diablo 3 uh ptr for the uh for season 20 mm-hmm. i think or
2: something it's season 30
0: season 30 see there there's your, that's the one i do all the time is i i subtract seasons but yes because <laughs> i just remembered we were in season 19 like no man that was like that was like a year and a half ago it's been a while so yeah it, it happens to me often the other thing that happens to me often is that I, i i think stuff is happening in diablo 4 that that isn't that that didn't that that stuff that happened in diablo 3 but is not happening in diablo 4 i think it is i I have that problem too so yeah i think the diablo series as a whole kind of feels like one cohesive game sometimes it's like it's all pretty similar gameplay man
2: it blurs together particularly because you have all the games doing stuff at the same time diablo 3 is the odd one out here without a holiday event But uh, Season 30 is probably starting before the end of the month. They haven't released a date for it. But but they just did the PTR. Yeah. The PTR just shut down today as we're recording this. So, you know, that means we're going to have Season 29 ending and Season 30 beginning in the next couple of weeks. Probably right after the holidays is my guess.
0: Yeah, I would expect it to be possibly in January. um, Uh, Instead of December. Just because there's so much going on in December already.
2: Either like the very end of December or the beginning of January, but it's coming up pretty soon. We're halfway through December so already. I don't. I don't know how this happened. We're halfway through the month of December.
0: Um. Yeah, my birthday was last week, so I I, I blame that. It was mo- it was my fault for being born.
2: <laughs> hmm. I that I I don't think that tracks, but I I can't explain it myself. So but anyway, yeah.
0: Th- yeah. There's that. There's that holiday event happening in Diablo 2. World of Warcraft does still have Winter's Veil, vale, however, and that's happening within four days. Uh, so that'll this, be Friday? This Tuesday today, uh, so Wednesday, Thursday, that's Friday? That's
2: Saturday. That's Saturday, Saturday. December 16th. Uh, Winter's Veil vale kicks off, and wow, there will be a new uh, dragon writing thing. It's like, all of the holiday events, one of the things that I... Dislike about the rush of content we've had in a WoW while lately is the fact that everything has started to feel samey. So it's like, okay, every holiday event you get a new dragon riding cosmetic, which maybe you really care about, and maybe you don't care about at all. And it's it's like every event has this sameishness about it. Am I am I the only one feeling this?
1: Uh I mean, I think that's just uh, the nature of just that fast of content release we we've talked about it with other other games and and things like that like there is a point where you potentially hit too much too soon and mm-hmm. you wind up running into that where some people will feel very samey or it will feel very samey to them and so I had
0: someone oh go ahead Joe. i
1: was gonna say so it's it's a difficult balance really
0: mm. i had someone talking to me about this back when i was raiding more actively and he made the point that a lot of times what happens is as new content comes out, it's designed to give you similar things because they want you, they don't want you to suddenly not be able to do the thing you were doing. Even though you mm-hmm. won't be doing that thing, they'll give you something. So you ended up with like this new thing that you can go farm gear for, you know? And it's like, after a while you're like, just uh, all that other stuff is still there. You just gave me a new one and it feels like it, not, I didn't get anything because you, it's it's filling the same niche it, so it doesn't feel like a new thing even though it is a new thing with it like and then that's that's something i've been thinking about ever since that there is a certain amount of there's got to be some catch-up mechanic there's got to be some you know open world thing there's got to be some you know and i remember when we were like i think it was when the second raid came out Mm-hmm. and i and we everyone was talking about going down underground to do world quests and stuff and it's like on the one hand yay new zones and stuff but on the other hand it was still basically a very similar world quest experience. Mm-hmm. um there was stuff you could do that was different but like the vault that was the, the underground weird vaultness that Secure was strange all- and new yeah mm-hmm. and so there was new stuff but it was sometimes it didn't always feel new.
1: and and i don't um, want to make it sound like we're ungrateful for it we're not no, like it's no, a lot I, of work it's just it's just sometimes it's just too much. Too it it can be yeah. a bit overwhelming, and as a result, yeah, sh- go ahead.
2: I should clarify: the developers are doing amazing work, getting out <clears throat> content this fast oh, yeah. and of this quality level. But for me personally, it does feel a little fast, and things come out before I have the chance to fully experience them. It 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 feels like kind of I'm on an endless treadmill because there's so much content.
0: Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. very much the it's similar to the problem that Mr. Pandaria had, mm-hmm. except Mr. Pandaria then decided to hit the brakes, and uh, we were yeah. inside the last raid for I don't remember how long, but over a year it felt like. It feels like now, thinking about it, was over a year. We were in. in I think
2: it was.
0: Yeah, I close. know, but I don't know. I can't. I can't speak to it right the second and, and be sure of accuracy. So I'm. I'm saying that it's how it felt. Um, so the
2: new. The new dragon riding armor you can buy for Winter's Veil this year, it is for the Highland Drake, and it gives it reindeer horns and a red nose and, uh, like, a bag of toys on its back. And I I think I may need this armor. It also appears to have, like, a wreath on its chest. I just, I so want the
0: dragon to have the ability to say this isn't dignified. (laughs) <laughs> like you feel uh, like the I dragon mean, should get to say something along those lines of look yeah. uh, we made a deal i'd ride you around on my back i, I get it but this yeah uh, seriously what is and this
2: it, it has like red ribbons around its face and a red nose and it's frankly pretty incredible i if you're into that aesthetic uh i remember last year for winter's veil they gave Razagath like a little wreath that she held, and a candy cane, and a very tiny hat she held in her tiny little arms. Yes, and a tiny Santa hat. I I cannot wait to see if they do the same in Mirdrasil. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, if Fi- Fireac was holding a wreath, I mean, it would burn up, right? That doesn't really work the same way. But I'm I want to find out. I'm sure we, dem- out we demand we tiny fire a giant wreaths. Yule log. <laughs> no,
0: he'll be carrying a giant Yule log around and it will be slowly burning. They'll replace his axe with a giant log. Oh. <laughs> but now you made me think about, yeah, nobody moved during Flame Raid else the raid blows up. Thanks, Jeff.
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah, okay, so that's that's wow. Uh we're getting Winters Vale. And then finally, in terms of holiday events there's the overwatch winter wonderland which is taking place three days after winter veil vale for wow on the 19th and i guess that means that will be next tuesday uh because mm-hmm. today's the, today's the 12th so it's next week on this the 19th and and i mean i i don't play overwatch at the moment so i'm not really up on what their winter wonderland is but i know it tends to be new skins and you know such and mm. so forth so i'm assuming it'll be something along those lines Uh, If either of you has played it more like Joe, I think you've the one who's played it. Most of the three of us.
1: Yeah, I have, uh, I haven't popped back in since the new season started, Um, but I am probably going to start popping in for the holiday event with my local gaming uh, guild. I guess I want to call them. They're not really a guild, but it's my Mm -hmm. local gaming group. Um, We tend to run in cycles and it usually tends to be around holidays. So we're about due to, for another, another batch of overwatch runs. (laughs)
0: Okay. So yeah, um, New skins, you know how that works. Um, I also wanted to mention because I didn't even know that this had happened. Uh, Warcraft Rumble season two has started. Is that yeah, correct?
2: It, it kicked off next week or last week. It kicked, it kicked off, off next last week, week. Then
0: I came back in time to tell uh, you about it. Mm,
2: oh god, Liz, oh, don't do this to me.
0: I can it's, barely keep track of time as it is.
2: It's it's been a tough year. You know, it's just been a tough year. Keeping all of this, keeping all of this straight, it's it's very difficult.
0: Yes. But yeah, so that's happened um, uh and so we'll get more of that. Um yeah, Season of Discovery Phase 2 is coming sooner or later. Uh,
2: uh, go ahead. I not exactly soon. It's a, it's another one that's probably going to come early next year. Uh because Blizzard talked about having about shorter phases than they did in, you know, traditional classic. Uh, about two months is what they appear to be aiming for. Obviously, we haven't gotten any official news, but wow, classic season of discovery. They don't call them phases in season of discovery, they call them level bands because they're breaking up content into levels. Right now, we have a level 25 level cap, but uh, in the next phase, you're going to have a level 40 level cap, and your exciting new raid is going to be Nomragon. Uh, we have no information about how they're changing up Nomergon to be a raid, but uh, it's another one I'm looking forward to checking it out. Uh, the season of discovery is planned to be split into four phases. The next level cap is forty. After that, fifty. After that, sixty. So we're kind of we're we're playing in little in little bunches.
0: Uh, I should point out that one of the reasons that we're that we're pretty relatively sure that they're going to be doing uh, the next whatever you call it, level next level band sooner rather than later, yeah. is that they've been doing a lot of balance patches. Uh, they just mm-hmm. did a balance patch that went live today as we're recording, and they're talking about doing more soon. Like they, They've even said, we're, we've got more changes coming for the Hunter. We just haven't decided what they're going to be yet. Um, so they have been doing balances, and they're going to be doing more of them. It feels like Season of Discovery is going to just ex- going to be accelerated from the beginning to the end anyway. I'm actually curious mm-hmm. to see what the level 50 uh raid is.
2: Yeah, they've actually, you know, in other Wild WoW Classic releases, you know, we got the original Classic Burning Crusade, Wrath of the King. They all came out with really clear information about each phase in advance, like this phase is going to have this raid, this phase is going to have this raid. Season of Discovery has not done that. Not at all. They've they've only told us Nomergon next phase, and they listed the level caps, but they didn't even, they didn't quite announce the level caps. That was just kind of a little aside in a video they put out about it. So it's, we have very little information about what's coming next. We can only speculate. There will probably be new runes coming in the next phases. Right now you can only equip three runes on three armor slots, and of course you have a few more armor slots than that, so we're going to be getting new runes, but we don't know what or which armor slots. Uh, it, there's a lot of mystery, and that's that's kind I of mean, the point. It's yeah. the season of discovery.
0: That's the thing about it is they're trying to yeah. give people things to explore it's exciting. To discover. Uh, should also mention there's a revival catalyst as of today in World of Warcraft. If you've wait been waiting to do the revival catalyst to get your gear, um you know, to get to here or get, you know, do better. That's, that's this week. I believe it's like, mm-hmm. I, it should have happened today. It's,
2: yeah, it's, as it as is as... it is now live.
0: Yes. Yeah. So um, I wanted to mention this because I was, I, I noticed it when I was um, mm-hmm. putting together the notes that Liz had left behind and looking for something else to mention, um, they've been doing a ton of data mining for uh, the trading post for the future. And one of the things they have found, for example, was there's a, sword that looks like Varian's sword um that you can get a great sword version of uh and it's been in it's in linked to trading posts now so we know it's going to be coming in some future trading post but there's a ton of stuff that they have, they've got data mined out. Um this is from Wowhead. I've seen it also done by other sites like uh Mmo Champion was doing some. There's a really wide variety of stuff. Um there's well, for instance, there's an axe that looks like a flower. Uh, various spring why not? items. There's, why not? Well, it looks pretty cool, in point of fact. The Paradise uh, Golden Axe. There's the lavish floral edge. The mm-hmm. uh, sunny bow, bouquet. bouquet. Uh, instead of bouquet, <laughs> it's, it's sunny bouquet. Lavish floral stalk. The sunny floral staff. And then there's the Ensemble Spring Revelers Lavender Apparel and the Ensemble Spring Revelers Lavender Collection. I don't know the difference. They both look to be the same thing. I think (laughs) one's possibly for a girl. I don't know.
2: Have have you been to the Trading Post this month to collect the Candy Cane Sword yet?
0: No, I went in... Like, last week, I went in and got something. I didn't get the candy cane sword, no.
1: I still have to go to the trading There's post and pick up my stuff for this month. I forgot to do that.
2: <laughs> yeah, you gotta go do that because, okay, well, I don't I don't know if you use swords, Joe. It's
1: Unfortunately,
2: sword. yeah, Unfortunately,
1: shaman. shaman are not allowed to use one-handed swords, despite it being one mm. of the most common things uh, that most people were able to wield in all of mm. history. Blizzard.
2: Sorry,
0: please. <sighs> well, you know, most people actually use spears and we don't get those, so hmm. like spears I, should so, be a one-handed weapon, not a pole arm. Like the actual one-handed spear. That's the hmm. the classical weapon of war throughout history, and you there are none in World of Warcraft.
2: This is, I can state unequivocally, the best transmog in World of Warcraft. It is a sharpened candy cane that you stab people with. It's amazing. The only problem I have with it is the difficulty of matching candy cane red with the rest of my armor.
1: You just gotta embrace the full clown suit.
2: Uh yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's or you just have to embrace the fact that no two shades of red in this game quite match and uh
1: No, no. Be...
0: Oh my god, yeah. You know what else worse? Hmm. yellow or golden colors
2: gold is terrible Wait, can oh we, my gold, gosh gold oh. the
1: gold is awful because like there's like eight million different shades of gold
2: yes can we, can, so can, close. we
1: can we all can we all agree that the one of the next features and in, in one of, in the next expansion should be dyeing your armor
0: <laughs> i don't even know if it needs yes. an actual armor dyeing system so much as it has a can this be made to match like button mm. where like you you pick match everything to this um <laughs> Because, I mean, I'm looking at this right now. They've they've put in other things they put in the training post are weapons from previous expansions. Like, Mm -hmm, there's that bow from the Nexus that now has a green fell version. Um, There's a fist weapon from Ice Crown Citadel, which now comes in a ghostly blue, which looks really nice. Mm -hmm. There's the mace from um, the Warlords of Draenor final raid, the Hellfire Citadel raid um mm-hmm. slightly different coloration looks really nice there's an astonishingly nice crystal two-handed axe that I don't recall ever seeing before like this is a, a model I have not seen I just I do not know what it is I don't know where it comes from um but the the one of the others is a blue version of of Cataclysm's Edge uh it's called Catastrophe's Edge and it's I think I have it for it's the LFR model um mm. and it's really nice so you know but th- I'll tell you right now from my experience with the other versions of this sword, they don't match anything. (laughs) They don't match anything. See, I wasn't just bringing this up to be a weirdo. Um, They just, their color is just so slightly off to everything you try to match them with. The only thing I could get them to match with was a set of greens that dropped in Legion. That has a very, fairly Dreadlord look but it's, it's just green random quest armor that you find on the beach. It just happens to be a complete set. It's I think it's like the Moonfire set or something. And it's mm. Zoroth. It's a Zorothian set. That's what it's called. And it's the only thing that I could get to match that sword. Everything else was either slightly more golden or slightly less <laughs> golden or didn't have a yellow fire aura that matched it or what have you. Mm. It's just so hard. And Paladin armor, I'm going to say this right now, Paladin armor is the hardest to match with anything but other pieces of that set. Of Mm -hmm. anything. It's always a slightly different gold color. (laughs) Oh my
2: lord. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
0: <sighs> I just, I'm going to try to get my breath back on you guys.
2: And it's like the, the Blood Elf heritage armor. It has this really particular shade of bright yellow gold. And it's like, you can't mix and match that stuff. There's so many pieces of armor that it seems like, oh, this would be really cool to put together in a unique new combination. No, because these shades of gold are slightly off and they will make me personally a little crazy.
0: Yeah, it, it's like um, I used to have a set the, there's a piece that there's a set you can get for signing up for shadowlands back uh. in the day. It was like this kind of odd, vaguely off gold set that had included like mm-hmm. a, like a very long flowing dress type chest plate, but very mm-hmm. large clunky ha- gloves and boots and the gloves and hey. boot, the gloves and boots are a kind of gold color that contains three different gold hues. So it can kind of match with, with multiple different gold pieces. They were a godsend because I would use them in everything. Cause they matched just enough that I wouldn't have a stroke. Cause you know, you know, like when you're, when you're like looking at your pieces that you've put together for a set and it's like, this set's got green in it, but it's a different kind of green mm-hmm, and I can mm-hmm. see it. And I'd see it every time I'd log in, I'd be like, I can't wear those, those gloves with that. With the chest plate, it just doesn't work. They're, they're not the right color. Oh, so I think maybe Joe's right. Or maybe they just need to send me Valium every time they put on a new set of armor. <laughs> I don't know. But I don't know which is. I
1: don't know which would be cheaper for them.
2: It's like the Kyrian sets from Shadowlands, all of the Shadowlands sets, but the Kyrian plate sets have like a particular shade of gold. It's kind of pale, and the silver coloration is a particular shade of silver, and there's like a dark purplish color that's, it's, these do not match anything but themselves. And I, I like to do the mixing and matching to make different weird combinations, and it's it's hard with some of these things, which have yeah. completely unique colors.
0: Which is weird ah. because it's not like Blizzard can't do it, because Blizzard did mm-hmm. it for like the Alduar warrior sets. They're mm-hmm. different colors, but they can actually go together. Like you can put the the blue pieces and the green pieces together, and since it's like it's an accent color, like the main bronzish color of the piece is still there, so they they are just these accent colors, and they can work together. Like you can have them there and they work together, but so many pieces just don't. Like it just this this thing will only work with the set it was part of, and it's just it's mind blowing to me how how irritating that is. Like ah. In other words, Blizzard, you've made a thing I love so much that I, I've started. I mean, to hate I it.
2: imagine it's probably not irritating. I imagine it's probably not irritating to everyone, but it does. Well, it I assume most people really don't
0: crazy. even most people don't even
2: notice it. And it's quite. It's I quite, quite
1: absolutely great. do. There's a. I'm late to raid half the time because I'm fixing my uh, my, my <laughs> transmog because I got to get it to match.
2: It's like I've been trying to get a new transmog setup, and it's like, you know, it'll be before raid and I'm sitting online and I'm like switching and switching and it's like, no, that doesn't quite match. That doesn't quite match. Oh, let me try doing this. And then I wind up going to raid in the same old transmog because I just couldn't find the perfect new look, even though I, I really do need I need to shake it up. I need a new look for a new uh, raid.
0: I will say this. Um, for a long time, and and this is something that happened a lot when especially when I was playing my male characters, mm. I have a lot of transmogs that are bare chested and often don't even have like they don't have anything but pants. And people are like, What's the deal with this transmog? I'm like, I couldn't get anything to match.
1: <laughs>
0: so that's why he's half naked. He's half naked <laughs> because I couldn't get anything to match. And I can't do it that has- on my female characters because they look weird yeah. with their underwear out.
2: Yeah.
0: It's like Yeah.
2: It has been great to just be able to turn off a lot of armor pieces and yes. I also think the new the new tabards you can get in Shadowlands and in Dragonflight. Those are have, awesome. They're pretty amazing and they have some unique patterns. And they just have some really good looks that can go with a lot of different transmogs. And a lot of the time I've put together a transmog and it's only worked because I have put on a tabard over it that ties yeah. it together and hides, you know, a tiny bit of the mismatched chest piece. A I good
1: tavern like hides a lot of it. a lot of fashion crimes, is what I'm. I'm hearing. just
0: hearing in, in in my head now <laughs> Lebowski. That tavern really tied the look together. You you know what I? It does. It does.
1: Speaking of turning things off on transmog, one thing I was kind of I was thinking about this yesterday uh, when I, I was messing around with the transmog for my hunter. I'm actually really surprised because we can do the independent shoulder transmogs. I'm mm-hmm. surprised it hasn't extended down to gloves yet. Cause like, that would be a really neat thing for like ranged classes to have like, oh, the...
2: yeah, I like it
1: because I was just thinking about that. Cause I'm sitting there with, I'm sitting there with this. I'm like, wow, you know, I would have an archer's van brace, but the other hand would be completely empty. Like, mm-hmm. I wish I could do that. I was just thinking uh, of that. So I don't know. I don't know that it'll ever happen, but it would be really cool if they did.
2: One of my favorite new transmogs is the trading post has had these like opera gloves, Mm -hmm. which go up all the way to your character's shoulder. So you could put on like a chest piece and put on the opera gloves in whatever color you like, and you're totally covering up your arms and just making it that solid color. And that I have created some really neat looks with that. I like these opera gloves so much. Yeah. So basically, what I'm saying is, Blizzard, give me some more color options for opera gloves. They're awesome, and y- you just have to put out the same look in the Trading Post, but give it a different color. I'd be super happy. Thanks.
1: Thanks. I I love well, how chipper Liz is when she when she's asking the question.
0: I, <laughs> yeah. No. I. Me too. That's what I was saying.
1: <laughs> but um,
0: I transmog, think at this point, oh, go ahead, Liz. Sorry.
2: Transmog makes me happy. I think transmog makes all of us. I would agree. Yeah.
0: Transmog. It's the cause of the solution to all of my
2: problems. (laughs) That is, that is sad, but true. Sad, but true.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. um, At this point though, I think we're going to move on and and do some questions because we've got a little bit less than half an hour and we've got a, a fair chunk of questions this week. Um, if you've got a question for the show, uh, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject lines, podcast or blizzardwatch. Um, that's for the email. If you'd rather use our Discord, we have two servers for Discord. One is for our patrons, which, by the way. Channels, uh, not, not, not servers. Oh, sorry. Yeah, right. Discord channels, my apologies. Uh, one is for our patrons. And by the way, thank you for everybody who signed up recently during our 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 pledge drive. For you to MVPs. Uh, you can either use our, the patron channel, which is the patron Q and podcast questions channel, or if you're not a patron, uh, we still love you. You're still our, our friends. Uh, you can use the non patron simple Q and podcast questions channel. And either way you can get us questions and we will answer them. This week was mostly emails though. Um, we get a lot of emails and they said stuff like for either podcast. So it was like, okay, yoink. Um, <laughs> if, if you say free the podcast, I will likely yoink them because joe usually has to look at it later in the week than me so uh and i am sneaky anyway um first question however is not really a question so much it was just a response but i wanted to put it in here because i mean it just felt like a nice thing to do um hello blizzard watch After your recent episode discussing the dearth of WoW Machinima, I felt it necessary to share my Machinima series, which tells the story of Warcraft (laughs) 3. Us Machinima makers are still out there. You can check it out on my YouTube channel, Saving the WoW. And uh, he links it there. I have not gotten to see it yet, but I still thought it was worth, you know, I felt, I don't want people to think we're saying there's no Machinima left or Machinima's dead, that that wasn't what we were getting at. We were just pointing out that it used to be a much It used to be something that was new, and WoW was one of the places where you saw a lot of it, and it was very big. That was all we were going for. Um,
2: It used to be a lot easier to find with, like, mm machinima.com. And, you know, in YouTube, it gets lost, frankly, because there's so much on YouTube. And I know, at least for me, the videos that kind of filter to the top are usually – Uh, You know, people talking about the game, not people making content like that. Yeah, the algorithm is weird to deal with. Yeah, certainly we see every year at BlizzCon, every year there is a BlizzCon, we see really cool machinima uh, presented as part part of the machinima contest. We saw some great ones this past year, but it just doesn't feel like it has such a dominant presence. And it's a lot harder to find.
0: Yeah, very much so. Um, Mm -hmm. the algorithm is not just it. We we could do entire show just about the algorithm of, of social media and how it affects Mm -hmm. these kind of things, but not really our wheelhouse. Um, but regardless, yeah, it, it doesn't mean like one thing I've noticed is that a lot of times if I watch one video, I'll get Mm -hmm. a lot of different videos on that same topic and they will completely wash out. Uh, anything else until I start going to look for other things myself?
1: The algorithm see, is uh, is I I don't like the algorithm. We are not friends. Algorithm. I,
2: I made the mistake maybe of I set up the televisions in the house with my YouTube account so that they would just so people could actually log on, mm. turn on the television and watch this stuff. And you now see it's, where this yeah. is going. Yeah, cause, you see where this is going. Uh, yeah,
0: my like, wife is the like, only one in our house who has the YouTube with the no ads. Uh-huh. So hers yeah. is set up on my Xbox and yeah, uh-huh. she's got a lot of stuff about like dinosaurs that she didn't really need to say.
2: Yeah. It's like uh, someone was watching football videos on YouTube and it's like, yeah, I'm never going to get away from this. I never, never again. It's going to be football recommendations. Yeah. So... You're going to be like,
0: what, who, what Do you... <laughs> Yeah, Wait. YouTube thinks YouTube's <laughs> algorithm thinks you are some kind of strange polymath who's into all this weird different okay. stuff. Yeah, that's that's what happened to my to my wife. She, you know, her YouTube thinks she's like really really interested in the Permian.
2: It's it's very interesting because you can go into like your watched history and like delete videos from it. And I went back and I deleted all the football, and it's still recommending me football. And I'm like, I don't even I don't know what this is. It's there's someone throwing a ball. What's going on? Wait wait minute. There's no No? ball. It's
0: just (laughs) some weird egg. I don't get it.
2: (laughs) Ah, the algorithm. But regardless, Mm
0: -hmm. so that was from, I'm going to say from saving the WoW because he didn't actually use a name. But next question uh, is, this one's from Maxia Blastrig. um, Hello, Blizzard Watchers. Yeah, I, I thought so. Um, I've got a question about a moment in WoW player history I missed, but wish I hadn't. The trade princess movement. What's the story, and why don't we have a trade princess already? Who are the best candidates? What non-goblin societies need a trade princess of their own? Uh, Sincerely, Maxia Blastrig. Um, Either you want to jump on this one?
1: Uh, Let's talk about... Oh, wait, you don't know about this?
2: I had never heard of this until I read this question this afternoon. <laughs>
1: did you go down the Did you go down the uh, the Google uh, rabbit hole for this one?
2: I I have not because I figured one of you two would know more about it than I could ever Google and tell me. That's what Certainly. I'm hoping for.
1: Uh, so there was a there was a uh, a entirely fan driven movement uh, when goblins were sort of introduced and we started learning more about the. Uh, trade princes and everything else that was going on with that. Uh, that was basically uh, players asking for a female trade prince for the Bilgewater cartel. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, because they, they were added in Cataclysm. That's when the, we, they started with this. Uh, it started with a thread on the forums. Uh, and it was uh, by the player. I want to say it was like Sarpa. Uh, it was originally inspired by the forum's moderator, which was Freya. Uh, who had shown some support for the idea and it really started to like pick up? Uh, and it was one of the longest lived threads in the Cataclysm for- forums that li- <laughs> like almost had 400 pages. Um, There's a Facebook group for it, there was an RP guild for it. Um, <laughs> they were, they would the RP trying to overthrow Trade Prince Gallywicks, Uh And I think it was, it, it, yeah, it was, it was. Fantastic, like it was absolutely fantastic. Um, the movement culminated with uh, the creation of NPC boss Maida, uh, also called her tallness, <laughs> uh, which was basically that in the game, was uh, I- implementing of the trade princess in the game, uh, which is basically a liaison to the war chief, but is uh, a nod in game to that player movement. Absolutely fantastic, and yes, Matt has been posting pictures as we've been as I've been talking about it. Uh, one of my favorite things that I do love about it is the "We Can Do It" with the Goblin art, uh, which was absolutely fantastic. But yeah, it was it was one of those one of those organically springing forward player moments that sort of make the game magical that we've been talking about. Um, and but I it,
0: love
1: it. But it was one of those things that was really easy to miss unless you're on the forums and let's be honest forums during cataclysm time, even now they're not great, but they were bad. (laughs) Moderators are with their hands even more full back then. Um, So a lot of people just didn't get the chance to see it in some of the, the new sites. I think we even posted something about it at the time way back when, Um, but like, yeah, it was super easy to miss, but it was super, super cool. And yes, I will always, I will stand a trade princess. Because I don't like Galoix. Yeah, that's it. Doesn't Gallowicks like the bad guy now? Like he's he's super bad guy.
0: He's fought the mm-hmm. horde like twice, mm-hmm. and he's currently mm-hmm. loose somewhere in the world. Yeah,
1: and technically, yeah. Gazlow is not necessarily the trade prince. He's sort of like the trade site boss. Like the
2: yeah, yeah. And if there's if there's a trade prince, is there a trade king and queen somewhere? It's it's, it's more the like the hierarchy here is very confusing. It's more like the
0: Renaissance, where you well, like, Italy was full of princes, and those princes were didn't actually have a king directly over them until the Holy Roman Empire finally conquered Italy. So it's one of those situations. Uh, Every every jumped up trade guy is calling himself a prince.
1: Well, there there is actually a wow precedent for it as well, which I mean, I'm not going to get too far into it because this is not lore watching. I don't want to bore Liz. Um, (laughs) But the trade princes were the rulers of the goblin uh, society that had their own private armies. And I believe that there was usually five of them. And you could if you massed enough wealth you could become a trade prince but it essentially was you amassed wealth you amassed an army and you were essentially recognized as one of the rulers or the princes because they didn't want to mess with you because it would have been bad for business at that point to do uh and they controlled the trade coalition of all of the the goblins or at least did um so yeah there you go the the short version All right shall we move on?
0: Oh, no, the guys didn't answer. Oh. Uh what non-goblin societies need a trade princess of their own? All of them. I would argue in fact that none of them because I want to limit capitalism as much as possible. <laughs> the last thing we need is more capitalist icons. Let's have some I mean, non-trade princesses. Let's just have princesses.
1: No, we'll no, no, no. Princesses. we 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 should have strong businesswomen of all factions available in trade. <laughs> I, I this is a hill I will die on.
0: When the I, when the revolution comes and we get rid of capitalism, I will I'll escort you up the hill. I want capitalism gone. <laughs> I want it gone from my games. I want it gone from everything. Although at least in games I can cheat and get money. You know what I mean? Like I feel like in real life I I there's no way for me to amass a million gold, whereas in a game. Ooh, I listen, just, I have true.
1: I have way more money in game than I will ever have in real life. I want to live that fantasy, Matt. <laughs>
2: Oh boy, yeah, I'm like, I, I need to start recrafting some gear, and do I even, do I have the funds for this? Because I, I'm broke in real life, but I'm somehow also broke in the video game, and it's, oh, wow. Um, back to the question, I was thinking about this, and I was, like, my first thought was gnomes, because you have gnomes and goblins yes. kind of pair oh, off. Yeah. And then I started thinking, I started thinking, what would a what would a gnome trade princess be like? And I'm like, a gnome would just get so distracted with, like, building something or doing their thing, they would forget about the trade part. They would just be, because gnomes are usually presented as very creative, very eccentric, often very hardworking, but I don't know that they have, I don't know that they all necessarily have the practicality to become trade princesses.
0: All right. I'm sorry. I'm currently trying to find. There's a gnome NPC in Gadgetzan after Cataclysm, and uh-huh. she she would work pretty well as a trade princess if you were going to have one. But I can't remember her name. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't remember her name. There, she's she's a big time quest giver in the area. Like half the and, quests the start. She gives you.
2: There are certainly there's certainly the odd ones out here and there who could fill that title, but it's hard to think. Goblins are such, uh, they're so focused on on the trade thing. They're so focused on making money that, you know, it's hard to imagine that same level of focus in other cultures because it's just, uh, it's not quite there. But, mm, I, mean, I mean, maybe everyone should have a trade princess.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's, that's it's just that's Joe's argument, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's, it's just that one person of the race that is like, okay, cool, I'm going to handle business here because someone's got to do it because all of you other gnomes are busy blowing yourselves up and someone has oh, to we, be somebody to has trade. To,
1: yeah, exactly. Somebody has to source the materials someone. that you're going to keep blowing <laughs> yourselves up with. I guess exactly. this is my job now.
2: And someone has to have the brains to do that sort of stuff. So, yeah, maybe every culture, every city Steel culture spark, trade princess.
0: It's Kelsey Steelspark. That's the Gnome.
2: Ah, yes, yes.
0: I went and looked her up. Was, <laughs> yeah. She was a gnome, ro- or gnome Rogue, a agent and key member of the Gnome Regan Covert Ops. So yeah. She also she's a military person and she's wearing um she's wearing the, the plate armor from the first season of Arena PvP from from uh, the Burning Crusade. It's the warrior set. So she's a warrior, apparently. Um, it says rogue under class, but that's a that's a warrior set she's wearing. So that's interesting.
2: It's it's that's the beauty of transmog.
0: Yep. Well, although they and, won't let us actually do that yet. Nah, they should PCs, though.
2: NPCs NPCs don't have to play by the rules, though. That's the whole thing. Maybe maybe trade princesses don't have to play by the rules either.
0: Well, they have to play by different rules, I would assume.
2: Mm, they trade. have to set. They can set their own fashion standards.
0: Yes, one would assume. This is reminding me of of playing. If you ever play Mario Party. When uh, people play Princess Peach, and it's always like, This is your house. It's your party. We know you're cheating. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That has nothing to do with anything, but I wanted to mention Mario Party. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, okay. Next question is from our friend Easy Target. You guys all remember Easy Target. Um, what does God need with a starship? Or more accurately, what game did slash does player starships the best? I was fond of Starfleet Command, a worthy interpretation of Starfleet Battles, but it was still a lot of abstract. We can leave the rabbit hole of EVE Online out of it for the purposes of this Aww, question. I'm out of it then. <laughs> uh, someone made a six-hour video about that game recently. Um, go ahead and talk about about EVE if you want to, Joe.
1: I mean, I honestly think Eve has one of the best. Uh, Eve Online has some of the best, like spaceship. I, I guess I call it spaceship economies that has existed because the game revolves very heavily around it. It's it's creating star StarCrafts that are very specifically tailored for what you are doing in the game, whether you're you know going out and trying to fight versus whether you are uh, going out and just mining resources, like. I spent a long time getting a vessel that was essentially the equivalent of like a spell jam or whale ship. It didn't really have a whole lot of like living space or anything like that, but it had tons of cargo space. And the only weapons it really had on it was like a line of missiles from the top of it. And the only reason I had that is so that like when I'm mining ice, I could put my ship completely flat against the, the plane of ice and fire the missiles off, making it really, really hard to to come at me. Um, But I was able to do that. I was able to basically put a ship together that could do exactly what I needed to do. There's a lot of really cool stuff with it. So I, I, it's a rabbit hole. Uh, Easy target is absolutely correct. Uh, But if it's, it's something that is, I, near and dear to my heart, because I definitely used to play a lot of spreadsheets in space. To the part where I would be rating on one screen and then having that running on the other one, uh, because I needed to get ice to the relevant parties. Anyway, uh, yeah, well, you've you. I'll turn it over to you. You you guys have done a lot of sci-fi games. What do you think,
0: Liz? You guys anything?
2: I really don't. I mean, I think there are lots of games that have had really iconic ships you know obviously where the ship itself is kind of a real key part of the game you have i mean mass effect with the normandy that becomes you know it's you don't control the normandy the normandy is just kind of there doing its thing it's kind of like your home base in that way you know ships are kind of like a form of player housing but very few games Well, I want to say very few games, very few games that I play because I'm big into single player RPGs really do the thing where you can customize your ship and make it your own. But you get these ships that kind of feel like they're your home base. They're kind of characters in the game because they're so central. Um, honestly, I haven't played it, but Starfield feels like it's kind of nailing the modern spaceship game. Matt? Matt?
0: Yeah. Um, I was actually deliberately trying not to mention it cause I've talked about Starfield a lot, but mm-hmm. Starfield does, it, it pulls the scope in from Eve. Eve is much, much like he, Joe said, you know, it is a rabbit hole. Uh, Starfield pulls it in. Like one of the things is you don't build ships bigger than 80, uh, mm-hmm. meters. That's the 80 meters length is the, it's the ca- It's the cap on how big your personal spaceship can be within that limit. though, spaceships in, in Starfield are entirely modular. And you can design one to be a a cargo ship and you can do cargo missions. There are cargo missions in the game. So you can totally be a cargo runner. Um, Or you could be, you could build a combat ship to go out and hunt pirates or to be a pirate. If you want to do piracy stuff, you absolutely can. Um, So there's a lot of elements. Like you can make a fighter, you could make a all purpose craft that kind of is okay at everything. Um, you could make a dedicated um, cargo, dedicated, you know, cruiser, dedicated to this, dedicated to that. A lot of different things you can do, and it is since the game is, is modular, and because different planets have access to different modules because of certain companies. Like one of the conceits of the game, I loved was that there's the original ships were built when when Earth was first evacuated by a company uh, called like like Nova Nova Industries or something. And they ran out of business a hundred years ago. But since all of their modules were built to be, you know, really rugged because this, they were building escape ships to get away from the dying earth, they built all their modules to be like, you know, open and really easy to customize and really easy to repair. Whereas modern shipbuilders build their modules like black boxes. That if, it, if it's something starts to happen to it, you need to go buy a new module. So because of that Nova galactic stuff is still in use a hundred years after they shut down because it's so easy to replicate and so easy to repair that people are Hmm. basically still using those modules and just fix them whenever anything happens. And there's even one place left that you can get the modules new because they bought so many of them. The the (laughs) moon of Titan has so much Nova galactic backstock that they've started selling it to people because like you know they could use it for another 1000 years and they wouldn't run out they have like just so much of it and the things like that there's there's like planets that sell spe- special piracy stuff like smuggling gear like there's there's cargo spaces that are shielded so that if someone tries to scan them they won't detect contraband in them and you can put uh jam- jammers on your ship to keep the scans from reading what's in your cargo bay and you have to go to one planet or join one faction to get access to those. So there's a lot of interesting stuff that changes the parameters of what you're doing. And then there's some modules that are just there for design. Like, like one company called Tayo. It's a subsidiary of the biggest, uh, megacorp in, in the setting. Um, which is, uh, I want to say Raikou, but I can't remember if that's the name, but that company makes luxury modules. So they're not better than like any other modules you'd get from other com- other companies, but they're twice as expensive and they look different. They have a very specific look. If you want your ship to look a certain way, they even have specific modules that do or don't have external access points so that you can put all the ones that don't have external access points around the outside of your ship to give your ship a smooth, sleek appearance. Hmm. Whereas other module ships don't have a smooth, sleek appearance because they have all this, they have to have all these ports to be modular. Like, you know, we want this to be a module we plug into the ship so you can put it wherever you want, but it's going to be obvious that that's what it is. And then there's other stuff. It, it is, It's a fascinating system. It certainly isn't as deep or broad as EVE, but it's still pretty deep and broad for a single-player game. I did, however, want to do something because when Liz was talking about it, I started thinking of the ships that have been the ships that Mm -hmm. I've considered my home base or whatever, and and which ones have been customizable, which ones haven't been. I think for me, the number one ship from a Bioware game that deserves to be remembered isn't the Normandy, although the Normandy is good. Mm -hmm. It's the Ebon Hawk from Star -hmm. Star Wars, uh, Knights of the Old Republic and Old Republic 2. The Ebon Hawk is, it is the, it's the prototype of the home ship that goes to other planets and you do quests Mm -hmm. and stuff. And it also is a little customizable. Like you can actually put stuff in it and decide, okay, I'm going to have this lab here, especially that's the second one, mind you, but you you can actually customize the insides to a degree. And that I liked about it. Um, Then there's star Wars, the old Republic MMO, which it depending on the class, but every class seemed to have their own spaceship Yep, they did. The mm. one that I remember for the Jedi was particularly weird and distinctive. Uh, the, the one for the Republic Trooper, uh, which I, I played, I liked that one a lot. The Bounty Hunter one was, was I Gonzo. I loved that one. Yeah, the Bounty Hunter one was straight up Gonzo. It was a fun, fun ship. And the Sith Interceptor was a nice ship. Um, I did play Sith. I, I I usually don't play the bad guys, but the Sith had their own appeal. Mm. And I, and I did like playing the Sith and their ship was, was fun. So I thought that that was a good thing that I, I wished other games had picked up on. In a lot of ways, the old Republic uh, did the whole really good single player game as an MMO thing before like final fantasy did mm-hmm. and did it better in my opinion. But that's, everyone has their own opinion and everyone likes things differently. But I like, I thought that stuff like having your own ship really made the old mm-hmm. Republic feel distinctive and new. Um, other otherwise though I mean yeah i honestly don't i don't i have not played a star trek game yet that i've actually liked enough to Mm. really get too deep into the thing i did actually play the one he mentions uh that was a long time ago starfleet command starfleet command was like i think late 90s (laughs) you know know, around the time fallout came out so
1: you know what else i had a really good like system uh uh, uh, at least a good combat system for it too. star trek online
0: yeah Hmm. Okay, like, yeah, that's fair. I did play Star Trek online. Yeah, I played, I played a, heck of,
1: a heck of a lot of that. And, I've, and like you mentioned, the well, and Easy Target mentions it, but then you bring it back up. And it's like, yeah, I forgot how good that actually was.
0: It's It's interesting because it almost felt like your character class.
1: It really did
0: your ship was like your class because you, you flew the ship out and then sometimes you do landings and boarding missions and so forth. And then you'd be on your, you know, your, your captain character or whatever. But a lot of the time it was actually just you and your ship doing stuff in space. Yeah. Yeah. And your crew was less your crew and more like, you know, your, your specialization for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah,
1: I, I remember flying around on my science vessels and loving it.
0: Yeah. I, I had, remember i spent a lot of time and effort getting the galaxy class.
1: Yeah. Yeah, then, that, was a, that was a thing. That was a whole thing to get.
0: Yeah, and then mm. I got that, but then I got the special, um, the one named after the Admiral from Deep Space Nine, Admiral Ross. There was a Ross class. Yep. That was the one where it looked like it's a galaxy class, but after that one galaxy class got wrecked by the Dominion, they started putting guns on the things. So <laughs> it was like a galaxy class with 10 times the firepower. Yeah, I think, was that, was, I
1: think, think that was a tier six ship or something like that. It, looked yeah, like it was, was super, super high up there.
0: Yeah, it was very hard to
1: get. And
0: then after I did that, I lost interest because it was so much work. But yeah, it was a, its not, not a bad system. He's right; he's totally right about that.
1: I remember the the one that I sorry, and I just remember this because I had the I had a flame bard, a science dreadnought warbird at one point too in that game, and that was crazy. Uh, sorry, it was such a cool design. I I missed that game. I should see if my account's still good.
0: <sighs> anyway, however, um, that's three questions, and we are basically out of time.
2: How did um, that happen? Yeah, we'll it's, it's time
0: thing. Yeah, time keeps mm. going. But uh, mm. thanks for the question, Easy Target. And thank you also for giving me an opportunity to backdoor in Blizzard. Give us ships. Let us have a <laughs> ship. Let us have airships or something. Come Listen, on.
1: they've already established I mean, that they exist in the universe. So, I mean.
0: Yeah. I, but I meant like boats, I just meant a boat or an airship. Like, you know, I don't care. I just want to, I want to
1: ride, I just want a personal turtle that I can ride, like, of immense size. I'll be happy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, listen, I just want player housing. And if player housing happens to be a boat that I can customize, I'm good with that. If it's a house, that I can customize. I'm good with that.
0: If it's a house that you can make fly. And sail in the ocean. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. If Whatever. it's a house I could put on the back of a turtle. Also good with that. Yeah. I, like I would accept many variations of this. That give me my own little home base. That is yeah. mine.
0: Having your own little home base can be good. It doesn't necessarily have to c- c- destroy your cities. There's ways around it. Just please come up with one guys. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: yeah, like, but, like putting houses on turtles.
0: Yes exactly. Uh, and then Very those portable. turtles, the turtles have to be put on other turtles. And then when someone's <laughs> like, okay, but what's holding up the turtle? You can Another like, turtle. ah, Turtles all the way down.
1: Uh, <laughs> the achievement finally explained. I mean,
0: <laughs> but anyway, um, again, if you have a question for our show, uh, please do send it to Blizzard Watch uh, podcast at com or use one of our two Discord servers. Um, at this point, I'm going to give Joe the puppy dog eyes and he's going to read a thing.
1: Blizzard Watch is possible. Gracias. I mean, I'm sorry. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com/slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast signing community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast with a queue and an ads-free site experience.
0: Uh, thank you very much, Joe. Uh, Blizzard Watch, thy Equidanian. Okay. No, that wasn't right. Um, I was trying to do French and I lost it. I guess that's, you know, basically that's it. Um, Liz, do you have anything you want to say? Cause usually you just zoop out here and I, you guys don't get the same. No,
2: I, I, I think I'm good. I think y'all covered it.
0: All right. Uh, again, this has been the blizzard watch podcast. Thank you guys very much for being here with us. Um, we're going to be back next week.
1: Yay.